Alrighty, beautiful Art of Decluttering Mindset course community and family, we promised you that we would bring you a super cool secret private podcast just for you guys as a bonus for joining our mindset course this season. So we thought we would come to you and talk to you around some of the decluttering mindset hurdles and the decluttering doubts that Kirsty and I have come across over our time, but also ones that still pop up now for us every now and again and how we've overcome them the new thoughts that we replace the old thoughts with and just some natter along the way about our declutter journeys and probably just about how much we love you guys um, and being in a community with you. So, Kirsty. Amy. You are an amazing declutterer and professional organiser. <laughs> Is there any chance you ever have doubts anymore or have mindsets that come up and block you or are you just living utopia? Utopia? No, no. And look, we should get Simon in on this episode because he would tell you how much I don't get rid of. He is amazing and would get rid of, like, he's the type of person who would just hire a skip and chuck everything out and he would live with three things <laughs> almost. <laughs> Not quite. Not ideal for family. No. Life. And, well, the, the three things that he'd keep probably wouldn't even include me and the kids. <laughs> no, it totally would. Um, but he would, we both have different decluttering doubts, I would say. So mm. we have, <clears throat> excuse me, and we have different things that we can't let go of. So it's like in any marriage and in any partnership and in any friendship, our opposites attract and detract from one another <laughs> and yeah. frustrate one another. So um, I definitely have doubts that still come up. I do not live in utopia. I live with human beings and I am a human being. So surprise. Yeah. How about you? Is your house always perfect, always decluttered, always spick and span? Oh, of course not. <laughs> no, it isn't. But... I think the beauty curse is when you are a professional organiser and you declutter out of passion, not out of uh, obligation, is that our homes are a work in progress. And the beautiful thing about that usually is that it's heading in the right direction. So the overwhelm is reduced month on month in the year on year. And so the stress and the worry and all of that kind of stuff does reduce. But for me, there's definitely some doubts that still pop up when I do what Mandy and I have um labeled the deep dive when you go through more than just let's pull out the items of clothing that I don't love and don't fit but then really do the deep dive of what do I actually wear and how do I want to look and ask those big questions so for me there's quite a few decluttering doubts that come up and I have to you know work through and talk to myself about and that's what we want to share with you guys today yes indeedy so we both had on our list what if I need it in the future <laughs> Yeah. It's a hard one, isn't it, Curse? Because there are things that we are going to need in the future and there are things that we'll totally make do without and we'll never notice that they're gone. And it's really about making the decision either way, isn't it? Yes. And, in fact, it just struck me. Can you think of something that you have let go of that you know you've never needed again? Or is it? I think the better question is, have I let go of something that I desperately needed and had to go and repurchase? And the answer to that is probably no. Well, no. So the reason that I framed my question the way I did is because yeah. when you let things go, you actually forget all about them. 
Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't remember anything. Yeah, because I let go of it and I've never needed it. Yeah, and so I. I'm just trying to think of like we have got rid of hundreds and thousands of items from our house over the last mm -hmm. several years and there has you know coming to my mind is literally nothing I honestly can't remember yeah. I do remember helping a client once who we'd packed all these boxes and she um had actually chucked out made a decision when I wasn't there it wasn't with me she had actually chucked out a whole box of memorabilia that accidentally right. she chucked out the wrong box and I know that she's going to kick herself for the rest of her life about that um but it also just will she or do you think she'll eventually go do you know what my life's okay oh no yes definitely I think that she'll go oh my life's okay particularly because she hasn't only one child and her son is not at all sentimental and I know yeah. that a lot of the stuff that she was keeping was like um things that she would like to read over when she gets even older she's quite mature in her yeah. age as it is like older than any of our participants in our course um way older way way older um and so I think that she was just looking forward to stopping one day because she is very much like you Amy like go 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 type of personality and so I was think that she thought that one day when she actually stopped <laughs> she might sit down and reread journals and reread things um so I think that you're probably right she probably will never stop and she probably will never mm. actually actually remember what was in that specific box because it's not like she got rid of all of her memorabilia and all her sentimental items just this one box and I think, Kirst, that you have nailed one of my decluttering doubts that I wrote down today while I was thinking about it is the will I regret it in 20 years? It's not that I think – so one of the things that I have kept is some of my journals from um, early adulthood and they're packed up perfectly in our wardrobe and, they're, you know, they're all fine. But I regularly think I should just chuck those things out. And then I think – when I'm 70 or 80 and life has slowed down a little bit, what will it be like to read back over them? Like that, that retrospect of 60 years, what will that be like? And so that's one of the doubts that I have is, will I regret this in the long run? Like in 40 or 50 or 60 years, will I wish that I kept my journals from when I was 20 or will I think I'll just be living in the moment and I won't care and I'll be traveling with my girlfriends and my husband? Like is that... Yeah, that's a real challenge for me is is not being have not being able to have the hindsight that will come. But what we do have, Kirst, is the hindsight of the last twenty years. Yes, and that's the answer to your question is no, I haven't missed anything. <laughs> but then you haven't stopped yet, also. And <laughs> I I've stopped a couple of times. I stopped and had children. Yes, you stopped and had children, and you stopped when you got sick, but you couldn't read. While you were no, sick. I couldn't do anything. No, when I was sick, that was a write-off. So, but yeah, the so other thing about know. journals, see, I'm a bit stuck on journals too. Maybe it's because I've kept some too. I'm not a journaler. I'm not a big writer of my own thoughts. I'm not very reflective. <laughs> well, that's true. Neither am I. What am I keeping them for? No, but listen to my reason why I'm keeping my things. Okay. Is because I think that our children might actually enjoy reading them. Do you want your children reading your journals? Um, see, I'm 
thinking that maybe when I'm an when I'm an adult and when they're an adult (laughs) that or or when I'm gone do you know like I love we just recorded an episode about books and I love reading books and fiction books and one of the genres that I really like is historical fiction and particularly um, present when people in the present look back on their past or when they find a journal and they discover something about their grandmother and I often and we even watched a movie about that the other day um, Simon and I did and in the movie the girl uh, the mother in the movie had is getting divorced and her three children are coping with it at different levels of coping and the eldest daughter is a teenager or like almost yeah probably 13 and they actually find a diary of hers that she had dug on this island um when she was 13 and her parents got divorced and it just made me like obviously you know that's hopefully will never happen to me or my children but it made me think that well the journals that I have kept are from when I went traveling okay and they do have some things in it that I probably don't want my children reading right now (laughs) (laughs) but when they know more about life they'll probably be okay I'll probably be okay they'll probably have known about some of that stuff before they get to read it anyway uh, so I'll be okay with them reading my, I think I'll be okay with them reading my journal, journals and I think that it actually might help them to understand me better or and well, understand, of, understand themselves better because of who I shape them to be maybe. I don't know. I think, I think journals are a bit, are, are, I don't know. They're a hard one. I think... Um, what lots of people tend to do is they group journals and diaries together, but you don't need to keep your diary from 1992 to know when you went to the dentist. I think you can well and surely get rid of all the diaries and actually just bring it down to legit journals. And that's what I've kept. Um, I know many of you listening will have diaries from your uni years and all that kind of thing. You can let those go, but yeah, this is for Kirsty and I, this is, this is the challenge journals. Yes. And I think about my sister. My sister is a journal. One of my sisters is a huge journal writer. And for her, she does go back and read them, which is great. Mm. And she should keep them. But I also think that they will be really helpful for her children to read back and to discover more about her. And, you know, if she passes before me, I'd like to get my hands on them and read them too. (laughs) Ah, Sticky (laughs) beak. One of the other doubts that I have that creeps up, Kirst, is will my house look soulless if I get rid of an item? Um, And I think some of our course community might feel like this too, where the further along the decluttering journey you get, the more you're happy to get rid of things and the more you see the superfluous in everything that you have. But I don't want to get to the point where my house is soulless. And so sometimes when I get rid of things, I think, am I going to regret this? Am I going to end up having to go and buy something else to fill that space so it doesn't look like, you know, a white room with nothing in it? And I don't think my house is like that, but it is certainly one of the doubts that I have that crops up is, will my house look soulless? And see, do you know, do you want to hear my response to that? If you were my client, what I would say to that is 
that your house is never, ever, ever going to feel soulless when you, Cal, Jesse and Elijah are living in it because people come over and they see life and love and family because they come over to see you. They don't come over to see your house. Like they come over to be in your presence and to be loved on by you. So it's never, ever yeah, going to be really soulless. Nice. That's a really nice way of thinking of it, Kirst. I hope I've helped you with your doubts today, Amy. Have you got any <laughs> doubts that are cropping up for you? Um, I probably, fairly similarly to you, I actually want to get rid of more and more. <laughs> yeah. And so we recently went out and bought some decorative items because Ooh. Simon wanted some more decorative items around the house and um and that was fine but I actually wish we didn't like I so in some ways it's probably the opposite to you in some ways because yeah. I actually look around the house and wish that our house is more soulless <laughs> <laughs> less cluttered <laughs> yeah and it's not cluttered by any stretch of the imagination yeah I just hate dusting <laughs> Yeah. And I'm the one who does. Like, I'm the one who has, who, it's, how do I put it? I am the one who dusts in our house. Simon very rarely dusts. He does so many other things in our house, but dusting is very rarely one of them. So I kind of like am a little begrudging of all of these decorative items because I'm like, I have to pick them up every week and dust and I'd much rather. Yeah. So it, but it, but living in a family, um, means compromise <laughs> and that's true so that means that he gets his way in this area and our house does look probably more soulful because of it <laughs> even though I tell myself all the time that people come over to see me not my house so and when people say to me oh I can't have you over because my house looks like a you know, a bomb's gone off or when I talk to my clients, I say exactly what I say to you, that people come over to see you and to be loved by you, not by your house. <laughs> it's very true, Kirst, and I think that's a, a good thing that I will remember when I get my decluttering jig on this afternoon. <laughs> so one thing, another thing that comes up for me was I wish I was that type of person. So mm. I went and did this really fun course a couple of years ago like it wasn't it wasn't a day course it was a day couple of hours that I went to yeah. freedom and I learnt like the store freedom and they had some <gasps> a lady teaching us how to knit baskets uh, oh my goodness knitting is probably the wrong word how do I describe it weave weave thank you Thank you, my that's friend. That's okay. That's what that's what you do with baskets. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> so I weave knitted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, learnt how to do that, and it is a skill that I'm not going to lose anytime soon because it's uber easy, like so so easy to make, and they are beautiful. And we that's what we keep our keys in in two different places, and I made them for presents as well. However. I'm glad Simon's not listening to this podcast <laughs> because I have a box. It's taking up no room. Well, it's taking up room, but there's nothing else needing that space. And in that box, I have got lots of material that I plan mm -hmm. on making more baskets with. 
However, I am challenging myself and you can all challenge me when you hear it. Have I let that material go? Because again, it feeds into the, what if I need it someday? And also Mm. I wish I was that type of person. I wish I was the type of person that absolutely loved weaving and would do it as a hobby, as my downtime and would love to be able to give these to people. That's the type of person that I want to be. Am I that type of person? No, I am not that type of person. (laughs) I'd rather go out and spend money buying another basket and giving that basket (laughs) to somebody than sitting down and weaving because I am the type of person that would rather zone out watching TV or read a book rather than half watching TV because I'm half concentrating on weaving a basket. And I don't have time in my days during the day to be weaving. I have a job. (laughs) So I don't, I'm not, I'm just not that type of person. And I could go through the house of all the things that I am still to let go of. And I guarantee that probably 90% of the things that I've kept are because I want to be that type of person, a type Mm. of person. And it's That's not right, a me. particular type of person. A baker, lots of people have all the baking supplies in their cupboard, but when you come to the school fate, you'd prefer to just buy a banana loaf from the baker yourself Yes. than rather buy one than bake it yourself. Yes, like we have a pasta maker and we used it like three or four times and we haven't used it again. And because yeah, for 89 cents, someone else makes your pasta. Exactly, but I want to be the type <laughs> of person that spends an afternoon with my children making the food so they appreciate it and enjoy it but they're not that type of person <laughs> they don't it's appreciate so challenging the things that we do for them ever <laughs> so why um and then I'm like well you know should I keep that and then yeah probably not but then I come back to but I have room to keep it so here I'm bringing up another one of my decluttering doubts is that I have room to keep it so why shouldn't I keep it that's true because you've got a large house with lots of storage don't you yeah and because we are minimalist and we don't have a lot of excess there is room in our house like as I said that box of material that I could use to weave baskets is not taking away from something else and Mm. that pasta maker isn't in, it's in the pantry and it's not like there's a million other things fighting for that space. There's plenty of room around it. There's no need to get rid of it from a space perspective. But is it making me feel guilty? Yes, it's making me feel guilty. Then let that thing go, Kirsty. Don't live in that yeah. guilt of not being that perfect parent that you dream of being. Let it go. You're not that type of person, Kirsty. Let it go. Or, as a caveat to that, yes. could you, like what I would say to my clients is, okay, well, you've got room to keep the pasta maker. So why not keep it? And instead of having guilt around the fact that you'd like to use it once a week, why don't you say every Halloween we're going to make our own pasta? 
and you actually build a tradition around it or you say on the first you know your birthday month you get to pick a night and we're going to make pasta together and make enough to freeze or every father's day we're going to make fresh pasta for daddy so actually to build a family tradition around it creates it gets rid of the guilt but it also creates the occasion for you to use those things that you're missing out on Mm, i love that see we're working with each other today helping each other coach coaches coach coaches yeah i love it (laughs) now to find that tradition now to find that space because it's halloween today and i ain't making pasta today (laughs) no (laughs) you could make it a cup weekend tradition each year or a a winter solace you could do winter solace yeah winter every week every year or so anyway great plenty of options but I do like the idea of creating traditions around something like that. I love it. I'd like your advice on my next decluttering doubt. Please. And that is this. Can I even be an adult without that item? <laughs> For instance, I've never owned a hairdryer until last week. And I always felt a little bit unadult by not owning a hairdryer. Do you feel like an adult um, now that you have a hairdryer? No, now I just feel the pressure that I should be making my hair look good every day. <laughs> so should you have bought that hairdryer? Um, yes, because I do actually need it for occasions when I need to wash my hair and, and um, you know, go. I've got like a photo shoot next week. I need to be able to wash my hair before I go to the photo shoot and dry it that morning and not have to sleep with it up. And yes, it's been helpful, but the question was so much around, am I just like a child to not have something like this? Or I think, well, um, I don't have a colour printer is that even an adult thing to do? Is it even an adult thing to not have access to a colour printer? I don't know. But, like, do you know what I mean? It's those questions that make me go, am I even – I don't have – until recently, until I actually needed one, I didn't have an evening clutch. Like, I didn't have a clutch that I could take to a really nice event. And I felt, am I even – like, how, how am I a grown-up and I don't have those things? So that's one of my doubts and that's, you know, like I, I work – around those and go, no, this is the life that I've chosen. And as an adult, I have the income that if I need that item, I can go and get it, which I did with this clutch. I really um, needed it for an event, so I went and bought one and blah, blah, blah. But that's my doubt, curse. I can see your eyes of compassion while we're on Skype. You're looking at me like, oh, Ains, you're an adult, regardless of what you own. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that's really funny that you're actually the flip of what if I need it. Like, I know you have that doubt as well. What if I need it? Yeah. But you were also like, what if I never need it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if I never need a clutch? Should I buy a clutch just so I can pretend to be an adult? Like, yes. <laughs> so I think it's really funny because I can imagine that some of our listeners are like, oh, I have the opposite. What if I need 50 clutches? <laughs> How do I decide which clutch to let go of? Because the white one goes with my white outfit and the black one goes with my black outfit and the pink one goes with that particular dress and the green one goes awesome with this outfit. Like, <laughs> so I find it so funny that you it were the opposite. It seems like the decluttering doubt of a minimalist, isn't it? It totally is. <laughs> I don't think any of our listeners, I don't think our course participants have the same issue. No, well, they might also laugh at my next decluttering doubt, and that is, am I taking this whole thing too far? Yes, I think they may. So you're welcome to laugh at me. 
But that is one of my decluttering doubts is I go to throw something out and I'm thinking, am I just chucking stuff out because I love the thrill of chucking stuff out or do I genuinely not need this anymore? No. That is one of the doubts that I have. It's. I think that's a legitimate doubt, unlike the yes. adulting one. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mean to me. I'm going to go cry and cuddle my teddy. <laughs> And I think that that is one that our course participants will have as they continue on their journey. Yeah, I, I think that's really true is that the as you become further um, in the process of decluttering, that it is really normal to have those questions, am I taking it too far? Should you know, I had that recently when I did a big wardrobe cull and got down to, I think I told you guys, 13 items of clothing. Um, and then I went shopping and bought 33 more. So, you know, I, I still have clothes, but it's very minimal wardrobe now. And I had that thought, am I taking this too far? Is it okay if I have two gray cardigans? Is that okay? Am I taking this too far? Is it, am I making this too, because it's not burdensome. I think that's the trick in it is that I'm saying, am I taking this too far, but I'm feeling freedom. And so mm. I'm saying to myself, no, you're feeling good about this. Like this isn't burdensome. This is not, you're not getting rid of stuff out of guilt. You feel good. This is the life you want. This aligns with the vision that you have. But it, regardless, there's still the um, the little birdie on the other shoulder saying, are you taking it too far? Are you taking it too far? Yeah. And then I say to you, well, if you have taken it too far, like what we say when people, what if I need it? We're like, well, you can go and repurchase it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really good point. annoying and frustrating like it can be if you get gotten rid of something that was perfectly good working order. For instance, the pasta maker. If I got rid of that, how could how much money would it take me to go out and buy another one? Twenty dollars. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. So if you did find that you needed another grey cardigan, how much is it going to cost you? Mm. Not that much. That's a really good question, Kirst. I really like that. Yeah. So. Did you have any decluttering doubts or mindset traps that pop up for you when you're going through the process? Because that's all of the ones that I wrote down for myself. Well, as I keep telling everybody, I am the biggest procrastinator. So <laughs> my biggest challenge, and I've said it again before and I'll say it again and I'll keep saying it, is that... I just have to daily practice not procrastinating. Yeah. And it is really hard for me. Really, really hard for me. <laughs> I really want to. Like even today, I'll be brutally honest with you all. Amy and I have recorded two other podcasts just before this one. And we went and had a lunch break. And I came back and I went, do you want to procrastinate? do you want to just like record this next week instead? Because we were like trying to, to figure out the angle to take on this podcast. And so I came back and went, let's do it next week. We can do it next week if you want. And that you did too. is a form of procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> and there's well... obviously legitimate times when we have to do that. You know, Amy's got three sick people at home. So maybe it may have been the right choice today to say, yes, we can record it next week. But maybe it was just me being lazy and maybe it was just me not wanting to think and not wanting to talk and not wanting to do anything else today. <laughs> so, people... Well, good on you, Kirst, for uh, voicing that because I think part of when you're a procrastinator, it's catching yourself in the act 
and not necessarily, you know, oh, bad you, how dare you try and procrastinate, but catching yourself in the act and sometimes saying, no, I'm going to choose action and I'm going to choose to just do it now. Sometimes to go, that's my body telling me I need to just take a chill pill and, and have a rest because that's not procrastinating. Rest is not procrastinating. No, rest is not. Rest is good. We need it. Our bodies need it. Correct. Our souls need it. Our minds need it. Everything about rest is good. Yep. There's difference between resting and being lazy and putting off today right. what could be done today. <laughs> and consistently doing that. It's sometimes the consistency of procrastination that makes it procrastination rather than, you know what, today I had all these great plans. So yesterday I had heaps to do and I woke up and went, oh, I hadn't watched the block finale because we'd had our um, our webinar on Sunday night. So I went, do you know what, 90 minutes, I just sat and watched that. So it wasn't procrastinating. It was me going, no, that's something I really want to do. And I put off a few things till later in the day. So I kind of procrastinated, but that is so unlike me that it's not a habit. It was just a one-off rejuggling of priorities. Yes, whereas, and I think what you said before was really key, is catching yourself in the act and recognizing that that is procrastination rather than, like telling yourself another story that you're too tired that you should just rest like look after yourself which is all well and good if that is actually what you need but if the actual fundamental reason why you're telling yourself that you need to rest is because you want to procrastinate and do not want to deal with something then that's actually really what's going on isn't it like and for me that's the case I will often be going, I really don't want to do this. So you know what? I'm not going to do it. Like mm. and I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it later today when, you know, it's right in front of me. For instance, I went out to make myself lunch and the dishwasher is sitting open, ready to be unpacked, like not open, a jar. We, op we pull it open a little bit to let the excess oh, steam yeah. out so that things actually dry instead of all the plastic staying wet. Yeah, good, um, yeah. And Simon is working from home today and he was out washing the car because he's a bit like Amy and can never, ever, 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 ever stop. And so I was like, well, I could just leave that for Simon to do. Like I know he'll come in because he's like Amy and he'll just keep going energize the bunny and I know he'll come in and do it. And I was like, but is that actually being loving of him? No, it's not. Like I want to serve him. I want to care for him. I want to make sure that he doesn't burn himself out being the energizer bunny and you know what i've got the time and i've got the space yeah. so i'm not going to procrastinate and i'm not going to leave this for somebody else to do i'm just going to do it and i could have waited for him to come in and we could have done it together and it would have taken me less time but i still would have procrastinated because i still would have put off what i could have got done right there and then yes so i struggle daily with procrastination and i continually have to tell myself to stop procrastinating and just do it now so if any of you beautiful course participants feel the same way know that you are not alone this is still a very much daily struggle for me and something that I am absolutely reaping the rewards of like the dishwasher got unpacked today <laughs> yeah in our 15 minutes while I was um eating some uh, lunch I got a little washing hung out and put another one on. So I think, you know, like I could have easily just sat for 15 minutes and taken a chill, but 
I know that I'm catching up with someone in an hour and we're going to sit for coffee and cake. So I can just work till then and then I can relax And that's later. what I love about not procrastinating is that it actually frees you up to completely relax when you can. Like you'll get to go out today yes. and absolutely relax with your girlfriend without going, oh, when I get home, I've got to hang those washing. I've got to hang that washing. I've got to hang that washing. Don't forget to hang that washing when I get home or mm-hmm. expect Cal to do it for you. Yeah, well, I think this is this is the key for me. I decided probably when I was, I'm going to say 13 or 14, that I wanted to be the kind of person that paid now and played later. So what that meant for me as a 13, 14-year-old was that I would always do my schoolwork as soon as I got it. So projects would get done as soon as I got them. Like I just didn't, I just did it, yeah, because I didn't want things to become bigger than they were. And that's a really intentional decision that I have continued on through life, through business, through being an employee at times, to being an employer now, running a family, running a business, is I want to pay now, play later. So that looks like sometimes, like when I wanted to buy a new car, I waited an extra 18 months because I wanted to save up the cash to pay for the car because I wanted to work hard and then get the reward and not have any kind of lingering bills or loans or like it's... It's so ingrained in me now, that habit, um, that I love it. Like I really do genuinely when I stop. That's awesome. So I know that we weren't going to talk about this, but I think that it's a good thing to talk about at this point is Mm. are you relaxing enough? Like do you – that's your habit, but I think I can hear uh, course participants ask (laughs) – do you actually nah. relax enough or do you just keep playing? Because I know that that is one of my fears is that I will never get to play. I will, and that's one of my things because Simon and you are really similar and I actually watch him a lot and question him a lot that he's not playing enough because he can always find yeah. something else on his list of things, his never-ending list of things to do. So mm. do you play enough yeah I think that's a really good question Kirsten I think that some of our participants were asking that question this week without even knowing that's the question they asked when they were saying I feel like I'm up till nine o'clock every night and I'm working and then I'm so tired I can't even be bothered watching tv what they're asking in that is are you girls at Kirsty and Amy are you telling me I should just get everything done of an evening so that I can finish the day with a perfectly organized home, but I've got nothing left in the tank. Like, I think that's a really good question. And I think what we don't want you to come away from this course with is a mentality that life is all about making your home perfect. And you should um, just do it now means always 100%, always on the go, never stop. And that's not what we're saying. The idea behind getting these decluttering doubts rewritten behind having great routines, having great habits, having great mindsets is that it is easier to maintain the vision you have for your home. It's not burdensome. And so I think if you feel like you're never getting to rest, there are a couple of options. One is that you adjust the vision for your home because maybe that vision isn't going to work with the lifestyle choices that you're making, whether that's Um, the age of your children, whether that's your state of employment or your income or where you live or the family support you have, like maybe you need to adjust that a little bit 
so you're not constantly feeling like you're falling short and working yourself to the bone. The other option is to get Curse Your Eye to come into your home and get you quickly to that state of decluttered bliss where you are just maintaining. So you instead of spending two hours a night, now I'm not talking about doing the dishes and making kids' lunches because we all have to do that. That is just a given. That's housework. That's not really anything to do with decluttering and organizing. Though when your kitchen is decluttered and organized, that job will take less time. And you should time. be outsourcing that to your kids if possible, which we will talk about Correct. in the course. <laughs> That'll be in a couple of weeks' time when we'll talk to you about relieving yourselves of some of the burden you have. Um, so I think that if you're feeling, oh, my gosh, this is all work and no play, yeah, so I was saying you could get Kirstie and I in because that will fast track it. What could take you the full six weeks or maybe six months or maybe a year to get your home to the standard that you want to then maintain it? You can fast track that if you so desire and if you have the resources. Um, so that's, you know, that's hopefully addressing some of the concerns that I feel some of you may have been thinking in the last week. Yes. And I think that for me, I go, if you can't afford to have Amy and I in, and that is totally fine, or, you know, if you can't afford to get a professional organiser, if you're living in another state, or you know, that is totally fine. No, it's for a season. Like this decluttering mm. is for a season. You will get to a maintainable house if you keep yeah. implementing the mindsets and the habits that we're suggesting that you do like it's not you will be working hard at it if you never change your thinking if you never change your practice mm. if you never just do it now no you will always be on this treadmill you will feel like a mouse on that spinning wheel because you're actually never changing your habits but if you are working on these habits as we know you all are <laughs> then you will see change in your house even if it does take you a year and look that's just a season and look back at how quickly life has yeah. gone for you look at how quickly your children have grown a year feels like a really long time in while you're in it like I always say to people building a house and having a child like when you're pregnant you're like this is forever and everybody else goes oh this is going so quickly and you're like not if it's you you want to punch them <laughs> um so and that is probably how you're feeling too like this is taking forever and just know it's a season it's a season of decluttering and going hard at the decluttering you will get to that maintained space. You will be able to live a life that's uniquely yours, that fits in with your vision for your home, and you will have time to play. And we totally recommend mm. that you make time in your week every week or every day even to play. Like make sure yep. that it is a priority of yours. Make sure that you do reward yourself. And I think Amy and I, like, it's not just about the decluttering as its own reward because it totally is its own reward. Like, as Amy said, mm. if you have a decluttered and organized kitchen, making the kids' lunches is super quick. <laughs> like, it can become really quick if you need it to. And so that is a mm. reward in and of itself. But also reward yourself. Like... Look around your home and see how much progress you've made just in these short three weeks. 
and reward yourself. Go, awesome, I'm taking a night off to enjoy watching TV tonight. Or I'm going to read that book. Or, you know, on the weekend, I'm going to take the kids out of the house and get them away from this decluttering journey that I'm on. And we're going to go and do something fun. Or I'm going to go out on a date with my partner. Like, do something fun to reward yourself. That's part of this journey as well. And I'm sorry that we haven't emphasized that enough. I love it, Kirsty. I love it. Ah, oh, so good. I, I am genuinely loving this course and the community in it is astounding me every day and humbling me every day that we get to travel this with you guys because you're giving it everything. There's nobody in this course that is half effort kind of coming and going. Like you guys are in, you guys have invested in this and you're making the changes and Kirsty and I want to thank you for that we want to thank you for giving it your best and we want to give you the invitation to continue to draw the best out of us and ask us questions and ask for advice and share your frustrations and we shall continue to kick Carter's oh, getting butt. all teary that was so like I'm so oh. I just love I love I love my job I love that I get to do this with you, yeah. Amy, and I love that we get to um, be in these beautiful people's lives. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. On that note, we will go and have some fun. Hey, Amy. Yay. Enjoy your afternoon. Well, enjoy your afternoon, Kirsty. And to our lovely course community, we love you and we hope you're doing amazingly and we will chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.